Welcome again to the Mastermind.fm podcast. This is Jean Galea, and joining me again is James Laws from WP Ninjas. And today we'll be talking about the tools that we use to run our businesses. So, James, why don't you start off and tell us which are your favorite tools or your most essential tools for running the business? Yeah, so as a, as a business, my my big thing that I'm always trying to do is minimize the number of tools that we're using because you can you can add so much complexity to your business because you have this cool new shiny tool that you want to play around with. And so I'm always trying to figure out, can I solve this problem with the tools that we already use? But there's also the other problem of trying to make a tool do something it was never meant to do. So you have to find that balance. So there are a few tools that we use. I think you and I probably use very similar tools in our businesses. So a common one that we use for communication is Slack. Um, we used HipChat for a little while when it first came out, but we've kind of all transitioned over to Slack. Um, and even though we're not a distributed team like yourself, we still put all of our communication in Slack. Uh, you know, I could just walk upstairs and tell whoever to do whatever I want them to do, but we make a point that we want everything in writing. Like we want, we want to have an archive and a log to go back and say, this is when we did this. This is when we mentioned that and, and have that all kind of in place. So Slack is probably our primary communication tool. Um, it's also a tool where we have a lot of fun. So we posted on uh, WPNinjas.com a post about Slack, how we use Slack in business. And one of our examples was we had a joke about uh, this is kind of bathroom humor, but uh, some one individual uh, having some issues stinking up the bathroom. And so we warned them that they had to warn everybody when they were going. And so they started at, we started with what was an example of uh, a action, a WordPress action uh, in code. And it turned into turning this into like this object that could be extended to do different things. Like it was, it was really nerdy, but it was good culture, camaraderie, just having fun with the topic. So we use it for business. We use it for fun. Uh, we use it for giffies, you know. Uh, and so that Slack is probably our main tool that we're in every single day. Now, we have lots of tools that we use, but we are always in Slack no matter what. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've used Slack as more than a chat program as sort of my control panel to give me at any point in time a status on where we are at at the moment in fact uh, for example i've used some commands that you can use in slack just i think the command i use uh, very frequently is uh, one that you developed the the one that connects with easy digital downloads and get gets you the sales statistics for your plugin that's something i use quite frequently and we also connect slack to other tools like forms and uh, Bitbucket, for example. So we're always getting these updates as we go along. I will say, uh, and we'll, we'll post this in the show notes, the code that you were speaking of. But yeah, we use easy digital downloads to sell our products. So I created a real simple slash command that lets you pull all your sales data in. And you can, you can break it down to, I just want to look at a certain day's sales data. Or you can just say, hey, give me a snapshot of my company. So here's my lifetime sales, my sales this year, my sales this month, my sales this day. And it breaks it down. So it's kind of, if you're somebody who likes to keep track of the numbers and want to be able to, at any moment do that that's the command for that but yeah we're the same way we integrate services with it um, a perfect example of that is we have our own little um, I guess I would call it our extranet 
for our company. Uh, it's it's you know anybody can access it from anywhere but if they have a deviation in their schedule if they're going to not be in the office for some reason or they have a doctor's appointment or whatever they're working remotely for some reason they put in a schedule deviation which uh gets pushed to a google calendar and that google calendar then when that time comes around Using Zapier, we connect and send to Slack to a team channel that says, hey, this person is out from this time to this time so that they get so everybody on the team kind of gets those notifications when something changes. But the person doing it doesn't have to remember to do that. Like they just have to remember they put in their official deviation and that gets pushed around to everybody. So we integrate with a lot of services that way, too. Yeah, that's very interesting. So the. The extranet is something you've developed with WordPress? Yeah, so we built, um, we wanted a place where we could have some, and maybe we're too small to be going this deep into it, but we wanted a place where we could put policies and procedures. We wanted a place where you could look at a schedule deviation if you wanted to see like, oh, let me look at the next month and see where everyone's going to be so we can plan meetings properly or events. Um, so we create, I created a, just kind of a built a WordPress site that kind of pulls that data in and, and showcases that. But it's a great place for us to be able to do things like, you know, policies and procedures are linked there, um, schedule deviations, uh, inf- contact information. So people's phone numbers, birth dates, important anniversaries, place where they can go and say, oh, let's see what's going on. And we can bring all that stuff to the homepage and anybody can go on there and say, okay, so-and-so has a birthday coming up this week. Let's plan a, you know, let's plan a team lunch together for that, you know, things like that. Um, so it works out really well. Yeah, that's very interesting. In fact, we had been using P2 for a while before switching over to Slack and mm-hmm. yeah, it's been way better for us in terms of being in touch in real time, which is was becoming more important as our team grew and we have people from all over the world in different time zones. Um, so yeah, Slack is a very fun tool to use. Yeah. More than it's actually used as a chat software. It just helps the I think the success of Slack is that they managed to somehow implement that fun element that can be used so well by remote teams, especially. Now, do you have anything about Slack that you find bothersome? Like, are there some features you wish were in Slack that aren't there yet? Uh, maybe this is our opportunity to ping Slack, Slack HQ and say, hey, you know, this is something we need. <laughs> hmm, I cannot think of anything at the moment, but do you have something? I have one. I have, I have one thing. Um, so Slack is kind of a a skinned IRC chat. Like it's completely linear. It's it's just it's you have to go back in the history. It's not, there's no threaded comments. And so add the ability to add threaded conversations where you can take a comment and then pull it aside and just comment on that and see everything that's related to that. Because now when you know you have a team channel or you have a development channel, somebody mentions something, somebody responds, somebody mentions something unrelated. They talk about that for five or six posts, and then somebody mentions way back up here the thing that was talked about again, and there's no there's no way to really make sense of all of that. So I actually had somebody recommend to me a product called FlowDoc, and I've not I played around with a little bit, and it does have threaded comments, which I really enjoy. But there are some other things about it that's just you know Slack is pretty pretty clean and intuitive and i really enjoy that part of it but man if it could have threaded comments so flowdoc is an alternative to slack it is it does it pretty much does everything that slack does you have they call them flows instead of channels um and they but you can also bring in integrate it with 
Twitter and bring in any time somebody mentions you, you can bring it in and then as a team comment on that tweet and decide how you want to respond. So that's kind of cool, a cool integration. And that's where threaded comments comes in really nice. So this tweet comes in to your inbox and then the team can comment on that and have a conversation underneath that tweet and it's all tied just to that tweet that went out about, you know, about your company or mentioned you or whatever the case may be. So there are some things like that that I think would be really nice features. And I'm sure Slack is is obviously growing and expanding and adding new features that may come down the line, but that's one I'm seriously looking for. Yeah, definitely. And since we're working in a remote environment, we also need to use video once in a while. And that's something that we miss within Slack. So we've been using Skype so far to bridge that gap. Yeah. However, I I know that Slack have purchased Screen Hero. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I'm not. No. Screen Hero is a video voice and screen sharing tool. So I believe they are now integrated and you can actually do video conferencing through Slack. Right within Slack. I know that's a feature that FlowDoc also has included. So it can do that. So that's uh, so that's a great for just kind of chatting and having daily communications. And we've talked about other integrations that you can have. And it's a tool that just kind of keeps everybody in the current, right? Like it's a tool about being in the current, what's happening now. It has an archived chat, but it really is about now. What, what other tools do you use as far as team communication uh, and productivity? I don't know about if productivity is the right term, but um, just in communicating as a team as a whole around projects. Yeah, right. So... Um with regards to policies, you mentioned your policies. We currently store those on Trello. And I think we should start by explaining what, in a nutshell, all this software does. You know, we are mentioning Slack. Slack is, in a nutshell, a, a basic IRC-like um, chat software. Whilst Trello is a, sort of, it's, it's a Kanban board, right? Yeah. The methodology used by, it's like a post-it note that you stick on a wall. That's the kind of way it works and you can drag these post-its around in different columns so trello can be incredibly flexible the problem or downside of it is that you might be using it in the wrong way i mean there might be better tools than trello for what you're trying to do but we find it very useful in fact we also use it to plan the mastermind.fm episodes um we use trello what else we use like for procedures, we have our long-term goals listed there, competition analysis, stuff like that. We also keep like to keep a bigger picture within Trello of what we'll be doing in the next few months. Whereas digging down to individual issues for the plugin, we use then Bitbucket for like for storing the code, and we also use Jira again from Atlassian uh, for tracking bugs and stuff like that. But before before we get to that stage, how about you, James? Uh, so Trello, we we use Trello heavily. It's probably the second application we use the most as a company, um, and we use it for a wide variety of things. So one use case we have is uh, since Ninja Forms actually has a, a marketplace where third parties can sell their add-ons for Ninja Forms there as well. We have a board that handles third-party collaborators. It's where we post, these are all the ideas that people have requested for Ninja Forms. These are the policies and procedures for building onto Ninja Forms, um, all the way through to it's a uh, product is in development or it's ready to be audited or it's live on the site. So it works. it's a workflow of getting add-ons into the marketplace. 
Um, we use it as well for um, content marketing. So our, our content, our, our editorial schedule is used there where we just have a bunch of ideas um, of things that we want to write about. And then we have labels for the properties that those articles should go on. And they go through a process of drafting to, you know, ready for review to on the site to scheduled or published. And we kind of go through that workflow as well. And we do that for the whole team. So even people's personal sites add their stuff to the editorial schedule because all the stuff that we're writing, even on our personal sites, relate to us as a company as a whole. So that's content we consider that as a company we're producing. So we're, we put that out. Um, and then the probably the most common use case that we use it for is we actually use it for our personal to-do list. Now, not everybody would use Trello perhaps in this way, but we use it almost in a um, kind of, if you're not familiar with it, the getting things done kind of mentality of to-do. And so everybody on the team has their own uh, Trello board that's set up essentially the same way. They have an inbox, they have uh, working on today or now. They have uh, working on next. And then they have something where they have like on hold or waiting or blockers where they're waiting on somebody else to do something. Uh, and then they have someday. Like these are just things that I want to make sure that are on my radar that I can look through and I don't forget them because I never wrote them down. And so the way this kind of works is each day you go through your inbox and you move it to the appropriate schedule. Is this going to go to someday because I'm not going to work on this right away? Is this next or should I be working on this right now? And you kind of can move it through the flow. But what's nice is anybody can add a card to anybody else's inbox. So this is a great way for me to give my my team a task. If I need somebody to do something, I create a card on their in their inbox I describe the tasks that I need them to take care of for me, and then I actually add myself to their card. Now, they're subscribed to their whole board, but I add myself because then I can follow that card through its workflow. And so when they move it to completed, I know they did the thing I asked them to do, and they don't have to say, oh, by the way, I got that thing done. I know. I'm following the card. I already I got that notification. So it works as a really good way of not just to do, but notifications of what's gotten done. I can follow it through the process. It also is nice because if they put it to like later, like someday, I can go, whoa, 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 whoa. This task was a little more important. I can move it back out. And it lets us, we can communicate and it's almost like a threaded conversation around a task. And so we use uh, Trello a lot in that way. Yeah, I think um, Trello shines for a to-do kind of setup where you have the to-do column, the doing column. And done basically, and that's kind of was the. I don't know if they still do that. That was kind of the default board, right? Like when you first installed Trello, they just, that's what they gave you. And uh, as well, it works excellent for content marketing. Or, I mean, we use it religiously on WP Mayor for organizing all the content and assigning it to our freelance authors and everything. Yeah, very cool. All right, so let's move on to support. What do you use for that? Uh, so support, we've gone through the gamut, right? Like when we started doing support, we used uh, a forum on our website, BB Press, and just installed it on our site. And then as most people who get into product business find out, some take longer to get there, but most of us find out that forums are a terrible way to handle support. And I, that may, that's an episode all to itself, and so I'm not going to unpack that at all. But just know this, forums are a terrible way. And if you want to know why, then go to mastermind.fm and ask the question on our site, why are forums a terrible way to handle support? And we will do a whole episode around that. 
But then we transitioned from there. I built an online support system using Ninja Forms where they'd submit a ticket to us. They'd have a dashboard. They could look at all of their tickets. And then I could go into a similar dashboard, see all the tickets and respond to them all using Ninja Forms and communicating back and forth. Um, That was good when we were small. Um, But as we started to grow, I realized I didn't want to not only have to handle support, but also handle fixing bugs in my support system when I found them. Uh, I just wanted the support system to work. So at that point, we transitioned to Help Scout, which I highly recommend. Great support system. Uh, It handles support. To you, you get a dashboard that you can handle support, but to the user, it's just replying to an email, and that's really helpful. Um, But because our team has grown and we have uh, just a larger use case, we've actually switched over to Desk.com, owned by Salesforce. Um, So it's a little more of an expensive tool uh, for support, but it work, it's been working really, really well, and it, it, it accomplishes a lot of things that you can't do in Help Scout. So to unpack that a little bit, Help Scout gives you – is it, you kind of create mailboxes to where different content – you can route your content to those different mailboxes, and it's pretty much first in, first out kind of system. So if somebody is at the top of the list, that's a ticket you you answer. And But the problem is, is if they send, if you don't get to that ticket and they send another email on top of that, it gets pushed back to the bottom now because somebody responded to it. And that's, that's obviously not the intent, right? Because you didn't respond to it. They just added more information. It still should be at the top of the list. So they don't have a good priority system. They will tell you that you can handle priority through workflows. But that still doesn't solve the problem of the most urgent issues at the top of the list filtering down to the you know the lower priority issues. Um, and an, Desk also gives us the ability to do really automated stuff with that priority. So when a customer submits a support ticket, we can assign it a different priority than if a free user submits a support ticket. So that helps us prioritize who paid us money and therefore obviously deserves quicker support. Um, and we want to get on those tickets faster. It also lets us do things like if it's a refund request or a pre-sales question, well, we want those to rise to the top as well because that's either, one, it's a refund we want to try to save and, and find out how, you know, how we let a customer down and how we can fix that, um, or it's a pre-sales question and it may be their first interaction with us and we want to make sure that we, we put our best foot forward. So having that, and having that priority system that way, also it can tick up. So over time, we tick up the priority. So if a ticket's been in the queue for three hours, it goes from one to two, and then for six hours, two to three, and nine, three to four. It keeps ticking up so that we know, oh my gosh. So when it hits a 10, this is kind of important, when it hits a 10, everybody in the company gets emailed saying, there's a support ticket, we dropped the ball, no ticket should have reached 10, let somebody get on there and solve this now. So that's a big deal for us is that priority system. Um, it's not the only issue, but that's the that's one of the main ones that that brought us over to Desk. What do you use for support? Yeah, so I've skipped the the painful part <laughs> uh, about using forums. Thanks to thanks to guys like you who shared the their problems. I think it was actually might have been Pippin with Easy Digital Downloads. Actually, when I started, I, we we currently use Help Scout and. Right about the time when we were transitioning from Gmail in the beginnings to going for something more structured, there was kind of a movement <clears throat> of several people 
moving from forums to help scout. I, I remember there was Mail Poet, there was Yoast, and I think there was Easy Digital Downloads as well. So I kind of followed their advice and went directly to Help Scout. Uh, Help Scout works perfectly for us. The only thing, as you mentioned, is the priority issues. And sometimes we do unfortunately have cases where a ticket gets assigned to somebody and for whatever reason, it, it stays there for a couple of days and, you know, the company and the, the customer gets angry. Yeah. And uh, I have no way of knowing that that ticket has been there for a few days because I've already assigned it yep. to somebody who should have taken care of it. Help Scout has limitations, but I would still recommend it for people who are starting out with their plugin business. Absolutely. And definitely a huge improvement over forums. Absolutely. I believe Zendesk is also very popular and I think some people are using it. Uh, I cannot recall the names of companies right now, but I believe there are... I know a lot of hosting companies have been using a lot of managed WordPress hosting companies use it mm -hmm. for their support. Um, yeah. As a customer, as a user, I'm not a fan of Zendesk. I will say that. Um, I much prefer a, uh, a Help Scout type solution. Yeah, in fact, WP Engine use yep. Zendesk. Mm -hmm. Obviously, do your research, but for, for sure, at the moment, the most popular... Uh, support system is Help Scout within the WordPress community. Yeah, another one uh, that you might look at that I would say is comparable to Help Scout is uh, Groove HQ. Um, and I believe that, yeah, I believe that's that's one I'm thinking of. Um, and I think there's also Intercom, which can be used as a support system. Yeah. I mean, Intercom is huge, especially their, with their content marketing aspect of things they've been really making waves and uh, groove also i believe yeah that's one of the blogs i i really try to keep on top of as well as they have some excellent content as do help scout yeah i well help scout now if you want great great content on running a support team and offering like top-notch quality support Help Scout is killing it. Like their content is some of the best. We actually, in our support channel, we feed the Help Scout blog RSS feed right into our Slack support channel. Every time they post, everybody on the support team gets it because it's good, good stuff. Um, where Groove, their their stuff, they do a whole series about building their business. So they're they've got this SaaS, and they said their first blog post was from zero to a hundred thousand in you know, monthly recurring revenue. And then they've now upped that to, I don't know what number, but they talk about what's really nice about what they do is they talk about their strategies and the things that they've implemented and how it's impacted their sales. And they give you a timeline showing their, their numbers as they go up through those blog posts, how, how it's, how their sales have been impacted by that. So definitely if you're as a, as a business owner, great information to kind of follow along and see how it might apply to your own company. Yeah. And this is a topic we might tackle in a later episode issue of transparency and blogging certainly about that and um, just to mention one other thing with regards to support uh, we still use the wordpress.org forum I, I guess you still have to deal with that yourself for the free portion of your plugin as well do you do you still support people on uh, wordpress.org well that was what i was going to ask you do you you so you actively manage the .org support forum yeah, um, I mean, we have a sticky topic at the top, which says like where you should post 
support requests if you're a premium plugin user. But nobody reads. The funny thing is that people actually <laughs> post their premium questions at times on specifically that post telling them <laughs> that they should post uh, on our help. Yeah, site, you know. it's funny. We have this rule of support and, and it sounds rude and I don't mean it to be rude, but here's what we've determined about people and support. The, th- the, the unknown rule, right? Um, everybody lies. Now I say that, and I don't, but they're not, it's not intentional militant. Like I'm, I'm doing this for a, uh, a, an evil purpose. They think they're telling the truth. They're not. So when somebody tells you, "Oh, I tried that," a lot of times you find out, no, they didn't actually try that because it would have solved their problem. So everybody lies, and that's not a necessarily a bad thing. You just need to be aware of it. And nobody reads. That's the big one. People just don't read. So we have a sticky post on the top of our support form that says, we don't handle support here at all. Go to our website, fill out the form. We are happy to help you. We provide support for everyone. We just don't do it here. Um, But we still get tons of tickets submitted over there. Um, But the difference is we don't answer them. Like, we don't go over there and answer those tickets. Uh, Occasionally we will if we know there's a bug that we need to kind of help people steer people in the right direction but if we know if we don't think there's any if there's no real issues and there's no real bug issues that we're dealing with um we don't go over there now we do have some community people who have taken uh taken it upon themselves to answer a lot of the questions over there and in that in case we try to reach out to those people and reward them in some way uh just show our appreciation that they're answering tickets that we're not going to go over and answer uh, and it's and it Actually, our support, our head of support just wrote a blog post on this talking about the five S's of sustainable support. And the first one is sort. And the idea is pick one channel to handle all of your support because you you lose energy and you lose time switching back and forth between different support mediums. So having one point of contact for support will make you more efficient and, and more stable and more sustainable in your support endeavors. So we, we just ignore it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what we do. Yeah. It's, it's something that we, I remember now that we've discussed this in a previous mastermind session. That's kind of another difference between our businesses uh, all by a, sm- a small difference. Yeah. However, we still uh, do offer support on .org and our main goal is to distinguish between the people who have purchased the plugin and hence would contact us through Help Scout and the people who are just using the free version which would contact us on .org. Um, I f- personally feel that it's good to have um, the kind of to be able to see on a public forum the kind of response and the the way we respond to people Um, just to have it public there for prospective customers to see and have a feel of what we're all about because with help scout obviously you don't have access to these replies yeah that's that's certainly fair Um, we try to leave that to our reviews um, and let people see how they have interacted with our support because a lot of our reviews talk about our support and and how they've been treated with that. So we kind of so we yeah we are kind of hedging our bets that we're gonna we're gonna focus our support efforts here in our own support channel and let hopefully our customers leave you know leave our, those five star reviews and encourage people to see what we're actually how we actually handle support. But it is definitely a difference of um, philosophy. Of, of dealing with support and having said that i don't exclude trying the approach of not offering support on on the the dark forums it's just 
another thing that I don't feel there is a right or wrong way to do it. It's just a question of experimenting. And I would probably say that if we were a bigger business, with, I guess you have tens and hundreds of requests of support coming in on a regular basis. Um, in that case, it probably makes more sense to just focus on one channel, whereas in our case, we do have quite a number of, of tickets coming in, but it doesn't really cost us a lot to just go in and check our .org forums once a day. That's all it takes, you know, 10 minutes at max. So it's not a big issue. Wow, yeah. So that that that's a really good point, right? Like it, it kind of really does depend on the size of your company or the size of that product or the size of your requests. Um, because if they're not, if they're just a few, you know, if it was just one or two requests and our other support system wasn't so bogged down, sure, that makes a lot, we have a lot more bandwidth to kind of send people over and make sure that they're taking care of those customers. Um, but, you know, we average 33 tickets a day uh, come through our support system, and that keeps us pretty busy because a lot of times the issues that people have are not really bugs with the software, but they're wanting to do really custom things. And so that takes that, those things take time. And even though we don't really support custom code, we do want to try to get them pointed in the right direction so that they can get started. So the, 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 the issues that we get are usually the ones that are require a lot more troubleshooting, usually require us to log into their admin and kick the tires a little bit and figure out what's going on. Uh, and it's not just, you know, oh, well, your setting here just needs to be adjusted or whatever the case may be. So it really depends on the types of issues you get too. Yeah, I think the the type of plugin you're, you're selling will also affect what kind of requests you are getting, you know. Yeah, huge impact on that. There are some plugins which are really simple and others which are complex and in your case, I mean, a forms plugin can be used to do almost anything. So I can only imagine the kind of different use cases that people will throw at you. Yeah. And obviously those take take time. It's not a simple direct answer. It requires a lot of thought. And that's why people have to be really, I mean, you cannot just have tickets all over the place. In our case, uh, we do have, it's quite a complex plugin as well. So we do have to deal with a lot of use cases. Mm -hmm. However, I feel that um, the, the questions that are posted on the, the dark support forum are more basic stuff or, you know, questions on whether what they can do with a premium add-on, stuff like that, which can easily be answered. The kind of tough questions tend to get sent directly to our ticketing system because somebody has already bought a premium add-on. And most of the power is in the premium add-ons anyway. Yeah. And I, I would say, too, you be careful. I mean, this is probably another whole topic, right? This is another episode where we just talk about support. But I would say that don't just leave your support on autopilot. Like, be mindful of how many tickets you come in. You can get to the point where you re don't you don't realize that you're getting buried in support tickets because you just it's it it's just built and built and built over time and you've not been paying attention to it. And because you're managing it in too many different places, you don't really understand the volume of the tickets that are coming in. And that is the biggest, I one of, I wouldn't say the biggest, but one of the biggest gotchas in a product business. Support can end up costing you so much money that you can't sustain your business. So you have to kind of learn how to manage that and keep an eye on it. Look for trends, look for spikes, look for um, problems in your areas, look for ways to improve the product, to lower the support, like all those things. You have to be mindful of that. Yeah, I would even go further in saying that support is the number one 
potential killer for WordPress plugin businesses. It's so easy to think in terms of, oh, I'll create this plugin, have it on .org or have the premium add-ons and just enjoy life while the cash pours in. Yeah. But it, it can really be a very intensive time if you have to deal with a lot of support tickets. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there are ways of minimizing support tickets by providing better documentation, making the plugins interface better, publishing case studies. There's a whole lot of things you can do, but you'll always have some kind of support on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I agree. And uh, by the, the the thing about measure measuring the number of tickets coming in, etc., um, Help Scout does a very good job at that as well. It gives you the number of tickets answered by every person, yep. the most uh, busy times during the week when you're receiving tickets, and this will also it also helps us to schedule people to work on support during certain busy periods. So there's a lot of. Uh, control in that regard to if you're using ready-made software yeah and, that, and actually that that would be a point i would make if you're looking for a support solution look for a support solution that has some good reporting attached to it because that's how you're going to keep track of those of that support increasing support and and deal with it before it gets too big so if it, if your support system does not have reporting uh, i would ditch it and find a support system that does yeah while we're dealing with support i know we're, we're taking a bit long on this and perhaps we should we could also split this episode we may have to have a part yeah, two on yeah, tools <laughs> probably that would be the best thing to do so before we wrap off i would ask what what you're doing on the support forms again since you're in the forms business do you have any sort of structure you use for the form, the support form where people are trying to contact you? Like, do you ask for specific things? Yeah, so we use, uh, obviously we use Ninja Forms to build out the initial support form that people fill out, right? Um, that seems like the right way to do it. Um, it would be kind of weird if we use something else. But so we built it out, but we also use some, some of our ad, custom add-ons to customize the experience based on their needs. So we use conditional logic so that when they, we have a drop-down of common issues that we know are common issues with the plugin. Not that they're issues that the plugin can't handle. It's these are just, you know, email. When you're dealing with forms and web servers and all this stuff, email is a common issue. So if they select that they have a problem with their email, we can actually conditionally show them the answer right there and say, hey, here's the documentation. If you follow all the steps in this documentation, your email will be taken care of. So they never have to submit a support form. That's a one way we try to kind of head them off at the pass and say, hey, Let's give you the answer so you don't have to wait for us. Here it is. Here's the answer. So we use conditional logic to do that. We also uh, have some code that sends data to the support system to let us know if they're a customer or they're a free user. So based on their, e if they're logged in, based on their licenses, um, if they're not logged in, based on their email address, we get their information and say, is this a new, is this a free user, or does this person have an active license with us? And then we can prioritize them accordingly into our system, so we can actually send those tags along with that and give them a different priority schedule based on that information. 
Um, so yeah, we do some custom stuff like that to do it. We also simplify or make the form more complex based on their request. You know, if they're requesting a refund, we really just want to know what the problem was so that we can help them. But if there's if it's a support issue, we may want to know all right, where's the where's the page that you're having the issue located? Um, what's the system status from our plugin so we know a little bit about your environment, things like that. So we're able to conditionally show and hide fields based on the person's specific needs uh, for support. Yeah, we kind of do the same thing with conditionals and uh, basically try to channel users towards the appropriate. Uh, we, we actually display different fields based on what they are asking and also give them the, well, it's actually a, a requirement to upload the system info and error log because those are always needed for us to be able to see what's wrong if it's a, a technical issue. Well, I think, uh, as I say, I think based on that, since support kind of became a, a, a show unto itself almost in our tools, we'll wrap it up and come back to another episode uh, in the future uh, talking about some of the other tools that we use because I know there's several that you have that you use extensively. You actually just wrote a blog post yeah. talking about your own personal and business workflow on how you work through things and, and mentioned a great number of tools there. So we want to unpack a little bit of those and what those benefits are. But for today, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and uh, just encourage everybody if you have questions head on over to mastermind.fm submit your questions and we will try to address those right away or at least put them in the lineup for a show so that we can uh, address your needs uh, firsthand uh, but as we wrap up Jean you want to tell them how they can get a hold of you sure so I'm at at Jean Galea on Twitter and I'm also um, reachable through my website jeangalea.com awesome and you can get a hold of me on Twitter at James Laws or at my personal website jameslaws.com uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next episode. Thank you.